Hello, and welcome to episode nine of the Something Borrowed podcast. I'm Betsy. And I'm Amanda. And we're your hosts. Today, we're chatting about our recent Disney trip and all of the summer's celebrity weddings. Hello, Amanda. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Sad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Always. Uh, you want to talk about why we're sad? <laughs> yeah, we've been back from Disney World for 11 days. Um, you have a count. <laughs> it's still, I still have the so-called Disney blues. Yeah, always. I think it's worse this time because we don't have another trip, like, Ugh. booked yet. I say yet because I know it's going to happen it's eventually. But. <laughs> and also, this was, like, the big trip that we were looking forward to for eight plus months. Yeah, so. yeah. It was always on the horizon, and it always feels good to have it on the horizon. And then when it's over, it's just yeah, all the Disney depression. <laughs> yeah, but... That's why we're going to make everyone listen <laughs> to us <laughs> talk about what we did on our trip. So you that came we can here for the it. weddings. We <laughs> roped in for with the Disney. <laughs> yes. But honestly, Disney is the kind of trip, especially these days, where it really involves a lot of planning. Mm-hmm. So if you're a planner and it like it brings you that joy to have, like you're saying, like eight months to like think about the vacation that's yeah. coming, it's a great trip to do. It really is. And you know, it's so funny. We have talked before about how we both really enjoy listening to like Disney trip report shows mm-hmm. and they can be like two to four hours long of people just going like mm-hmm. over the most minute details. But so many times people say how much they enjoy the planning. I will say like the, the planning is so much of the joy of the it trip is. for me. And I know, yeah, you feel the same. Yeah. So. so really instead of doing like planning a planning pro tip each this month we're just going to talk through our trip our trip and like give you little tidbits of things that work yeah so if you are not interested in disney feel free to skip ahead a little bit we will be back to weddings but you should listen and fall in love with (laughs) so let's talk through our trip a little bit you want to start with our travel yeah so um magically we arrived (laughs) completely on schedule No flight issues. We flew from Philly to MCO. Um, And then for those of you who might be Disney out there, um, you know that there used to be transportation that took you, that was Disney run that took you to your resort from Mm -hmm. the airport and that just recently um, no longer exists. And so we used, I think it was called Happy Limousine Company. Um, And I will say like, um, so your mom and I booked that. And we started looking at pricing. So we had gone in March and we used the Mears shuttle then. And I think it was like $32 a person. Um, but when we, we were taking this trip, we had eight adults and two kids. And so as we started pricing things out, we were like, man, it's really not that much more expensive. Like it was very comparable. It might've been like $40 a person instead of 32, um, to rent our own like car and it wasn't like a stretch limo we ended up with a a mini bus on the way there but it was I mean you're going to be on a charter bus versus your own private mini bus like I will take the mini bus any day it was so fast it picked us right up at you know right down from where we would have gotten on Magical Express um or like mirrors or whatever and then dropped us off right at our resort right and if you're dealing with mirrors or something like that or even back in the day Disney's transportation you're going to make stops at other people's right. resorts so to right. go direct from the airport right to our hotel worth the extra absolutely you know, eight bucks a person or whatever. and we did like a grocery delivery but um 
we always, well, I shouldn't say always, the, the two times we've done grocery delivery, we have used um, vacation grocery delivery. They're former cast members that were laid off during COVID. They're absolutely wonderful, super easy, highly recommend. But um, if you hadn't done a grocery delivery, you could have done like a pickup order or um, you could actually schedule in a 15 minute stop at like a Publix through Happy Limo. So we could have stopped at a grocery store or Target or whatever on our way to our resort um, as well. So that's nice. Yeah. So, okay. So we arrived at our resort and we told you the last time on our last chat that we were staying at Disney's Riviera Resort, which is the newest resort on property. Um, and it's absolutely lovely. And we were staying in one of the two bedroom suites, which this is interesting because um, we're people who have done, you know, my family's been going to Disney since I was in kindergarten and we've done every phase of that life cycle. Like we were never on property. We would, you know, we wouldn't eat in the parks, that sort of stuff to now we're staying at, you know, one of Disney's newest and best hotels in a two bedroom suite. But the reality is, and part of why we ended up there this time is as our family's grown, that's actually become really like a more economical option because last year when we went we needed three bedrooms mm -hmm. I think at Caribbean Beach Resort which is one of the moderately priced um, Disney resorts which mm -hmm. we love we love yeah. that resort too um, and right before the trip we started crunching some numbers because that's what Betsy and my mom and I do in our spare time <laughs> we have for lots fun. of spreadsheets when we plan <laughs> and realized that if we had stayed at in a suite like mm -hmm. the one we stayed in this year at one of the deluxe resorts, the Riviera, mm -hmm. it actually was like marginally more expensive yeah. um, than having three separate rooms. And yeah. so that's kind of a tip for bigger groups like mm -hmm. ours that you might look at the suites and if you're dividing it out across 10 people, it might actually be like a, a pretty, you know, a pretty fair price for you. Um, yeah. And, uh, Obviously, we should also say that this was a gift from our parents. Yep. Um, we all have our own like annual passes or pay for our own tickets, our own flights, but our parents gifted this day for us. And so, thank you. Yes. <laughs> my dad wonderful. will never hear this, but my mom will. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he'll text you at like 3 a.m. that he's listening to <laughs> um, Yeah. Um, but the other thing about it, right, it's like, so it's a little bit more than three separate hotel rooms, right. but instead of having just the space of a hotel room, you have a whole like living room, a whole kitchen yeah. and a place to spend time together as a family and balcony, two different balconies that yeah. you wouldn't have if it was just hotel rooms with beds. Right. And probably one of my favorite amenities, laundry in your suite. <laughs> like yes. I am not. I, laundry is one of my least favorite chores, but having a washer and dryer in your hotel room on a Disney trip when you are like in Florida humidity Sorry. in August <laughs> and everything is just dripping with sweat all the time, it just felt so great to be like, oh, I don't have to pack, you know, two outfits a day and I can wash and rewear clothing, bathing suits can just get thrown in the dryer. Like all of that was just 
wonderful. So a full kitchen with little kids was great. We didn't actually cook a meal, but we having like a toaster, having a full sink and, you know, a drying rack and things like that. Like those are things that I have taken. I took a bottle drying rack when we went last September and I didn't have to pack those types of things this time um, because we had a full kitchen and things. So yeah, just those extra little spaces and things like that was, was just really nice to yeah. have. Yeah. And so Super duper quick. Um, basically, the, the living situation for the week, so to speak, was that my mom and dad had the master bedroom, which included like a tub section to the bathroom mm-hmm. and a and a you know sink and toilet section of the bathroom that were kind of separate, so you could have someone using both at the same time. Yeah. And then, um, and they they were in a king. Right. And then that that room had its own balcony. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, the second bedroom was a standard like two queen room that had its own balcony, um, which my brother and his girlfriend shared with my husband and I. Mm-hmm. And then that room had a really awesome bathroom arrangement where it was like, uh, again, two separated out showers. So there was mm-hmm. a shower with a tub and a sink in that room and you could close it off from the room that had the toilet and a walk-in shower. So you could have two people showering at the same time in mm-hmm. there. And then you and AJ and the your kids. three-year-old and one-year-old yeah. shared the living room, mm-hmm. which I'm going to talk a little bit about. That. Yeah. So AJ and I, I think it was a queen. It might've been a full, but we were on a Murphy bed. So it like pulled down from the a wall. A queen. Okay. Um, I'm s- like, was you're so tired by the end of the day. You don't even like care, <laughs> but, um, it pulled down. So it, it was behind the couch essentially. And the couch like literally folded in half as you pulled it down. Um, and it just pulled right down and that was the bed. Um, and it was very comfortable. No complaints. I was a little bit nervous, um, going into it that it wouldn't be comfortable, but I really don't have any complaints at all. Um, and then Lincoln, there was like a big chest kind of under like attached to the wall under the TV across from the um from our bed and that pulled down into a full-size twin that Lincoln slept on um Disney resorts will give you things like um bed rails and pack and play or crib um so we got a bed rail for him so that he you know couldn't roll out of it um and he could crawl in and out and then we asked for a crib for Theo so it's like a mini crib size they give you bedding and everything um and we we put him next to our bed so plenty of space like we put the beds up I think one day um so people could sit on the couch and stuff but even with the beds down you could walk easily around everything um there was tons of space and then in the kitchen half of the living space there was like a full table that we could sit at and the the full fridge and freezer and um, full kitchen with like a stove and everything so yeah great. so it worked out great for our group although it's it's funny like this is the first time it kind of economically made sense maybe a year ago too it would have and like it could be the last time if there are any more <laughs> kids right. or anything because right. um we're about maxed out yeah um in that space I mean it worked great for us this time but not yeah. not one more, more person could fit yeah um unless they were in another crib or something right <laughs> Uh, don't look at me. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, okay. So that was our first day. Basically we did, we took, um, Lyft and minivan, which is a Lyft service through the Disney app, Mm -hmm. which has car seats guaranteed, Mm -hmm. um, to get to Disney's Coronado resort and ate at Toledo for dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, which is kind of the, the Coronado resort is kind of like a Spanish theme resort. Mm -hmm. And so it was the Spanish tapas place um unfortunately for us like 
this was our travel day and it was like our it was dinner and it was like our first opportunity to have a real meal so everyone was super hungry mm-hmm. and so it just wasn't like mm-hmm. filling enough I think a lot but the food I thought was really good yeah yeah I thought the food was good it was not as bad we didn't leave as early as we normally do so it wasn't quite as bad for the kids as by the time we got to dinner we've had trips in the past by dinner time they were like melting down that wasn't really the case here um, but I think we were all just hungry and it wasn't like a ton of food for the price you were paying. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I got scallops and I think there were like six or seven scallops for like 30 yeah. something dollars and there wasn't a whole lot else yeah. on the plate. So, um, they were delicious, but it was just a little bit expensive for the amount of food you got. Yeah. But then the views from there are really cool. Yeah. Toledo's on the very top of the yeah. um, Coronado, or the Grand Destino Tower at Coronado. So we got to like go outside and see, you can pretty much see all the parks from the top of that resort. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards, we headed into Hollywood Studios um, for the evening. Yeah, so at that point we just took a bus. Yes. And we went and rode Slinky Dog Dash, because that is one of Lincoln's favorite rides. And I think we got on it. I don't know why I'm thinking we got on it. I think we got on it twice. So, yeah, that's right. AJ took him on. I stayed off with Theo. And then um, I happened to, like, walk up the exit. It was, like, almost 9 o'clock. Park was almost closed. They were getting on one of the very last trains. And I walked up the exit. And a cast member was like, are you here for um, Rider Switch? And I was like, can I still do that? I thought, you know, the park's closed. You wouldn't be. And she was like, oh, yeah, just stay right here. As soon as they got off, we'll bring you through this little side gate and you can get right on. So we were on the very last train that went out. And that was really fun. And then you guys. So I um, am a huge fan of the Tower of Terror. Most everyone in our family is. um, But I would say I'm like obsessed. (laughs) Um, And so I coined what I'm referring to as the nine o'clock drop and attempted starting this night to as many nights as I was free to end my night at Hollywood Studios just riding Tower of Terror just to just get that (laughs) drop in. So we did that the first night and um, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have been like worth it for someone else to go into the park, to pay to go into the yeah. parks at, um, the way that we did that day. But like I said, most, most of us are annual pass holders. Yeah. And so we could just pop in for an hour at the end of the night and yeah. it was a fun way to end our first day. Well, and we also were there for nine, like we went into the parks nine days. So when you mm-hmm. get to like that eight, mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine day pass to add an extra day becomes like $10. So right. Um, if you're doing a longer trip, it's pretty easy and cheap to just add another yeah. park day. Even if you're not sure if you're going to use it, when you're spending 10 bucks, it's like, okay, well, it's yeah. nice to have the option. So, Yeah. Um, so the next day was Monday, and because we were there for a longer time and it was over six working days, my husband and I actually stayed back and worked at the resort, which is the first time we've ever tried to work from a Disney resort. And it was really nice. Yeah. He was like, man, if we could just live here and yeah. work on like the balcony at the Riviera and pick up our meal at Primo Piatto at lunchtime, like every day work would be a much better <laughs> Sure, <experience."> of course. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what we did. Yeah. And we went to Hollywood Studios. Um, we didn't rope drop, we, but we got Genie Plus um, and we started booking our landing lanes starting at 7 a.m. Um, and we did okay. I mean, I don't think we did great that day. I think we maybe got three. The problem was that we were headed to um, dinner at the boardwalk at Trattoria Al Forno that night. Um, Monday was Amanda and AJ's dad's birthday. So he chose like an Italian restaurant to go. Um, and so we weren't staying in Hollywood Studios all day. We did later in the trip and we found that 
when you're doing genie, some of those lightning lanes really get like the times back up in the day very quickly at Hollywood studios because there's not a ton of attractions. Um, and so you end up being able to stack for the evening, but we weren't going to be there in the evening. So we, I think we only really got three like lightning lanes that day, but we still did a couple of rides. We did like, we played the hits basically. Um, and then we headed back to the resort to swim a little bit. And then we headed over to dinner at the boardwalk. And while you guys were swimming, we finally ended our work day and we were like, we're ready to hit the park. So we did another Tower of Terror drop yeah. <laughs> while you were swimming and we met up at Trattoria Al Forno, which was our first time at this restaurant also. And I don't think anyone was like overly excited to go there. Like no. it was like, okay, this is like an Italian, like it's going to be like yeah. Olive Garden or something. Yeah. And everyone loved it. I it think was so I, good. it was one of my top, I think two favorites yeah. of this trip. And I'm also, um, mostly gluten and dairy. I'm, I'm gluten-free and mostly dairy-free. So for me to be able to order a like chicken parm, like cheese is normally I can, I can handle some cheese. It was the first time I've been able to have something like that since I went gluten-free. And so that was like really exciting for me. And the food was just good. It was, it was really good. Um, and it was a lot. Like I couldn't finish my yeah. entree, which is not super, unless you're doing like a family style, I feel like I can almost always finish yeah. an entree at Disney. Um, but this one I couldn't finish. So it was, I had some like sort of shrimp pasta. It was delicious. Um, I think we all said we would, we would definitely go back yeah. there. Yeah. And it was just fun. Like I had, that was the first time I had been to the boardwalk. So the atmosphere yeah. and all that was really fun yeah. to, to go and hang out for a couple couple hours so we had extended evening hours because we were staying at a deluxe resort so from 9 to 11 we were able to go into um epcot and we didn't get over into epcot until almost 10 our dinner just took a while we had a cake and everything for his birthday um but we got they do another um virtual queue drop at 6 p.m for deluxe guests on those nights um for guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind so we grabbed a spot on that and then we got to go and ride it and that really took up the only time that we had in epcot that evening but that ride is oh my goodness incredible yeah, yeah i love it so, so much fun. yeah so that was monday yeah and then Tuesday was our Animal Kingdom full day. Um, we love Animal Kingdom. It's yeah. definitely one of my favorite parks. The atmosphere, the theming, everything is just wonderful. Yeah. Um, we had kind of split up for lunch that day. So you guys went to Tiffin's? We went to Tiffin's, which is um, a signature restaurant in Animal Kingdom. And some of us, it was me and Zach and my brother Lucas and his girlfriend Sam that went there. And all of us but Sam had been there once before about, I want to say, four years ago. Mm -hmm. And we, like, I remember walking away liking it, but nothing, like, stuck out to me in my head. But when I looked at the options for that day ahead of time, I was like, I want to give that another go. And Lucas's girlfriend, Sam, she's kind of, like, an adventurous eater, and she really wanted to try it. So we went back there, and honestly, this was my favorite meal of the trip. It was amazing. I'm a big tea drinker, and I got, like, the most incredible tea I've ever drank in my life there. Um, that day, it was so good. My meal was great. Um, I had, like, often I can't really order a dessert. There's nothing that'll be gluten and dairy-free. I had a dessert that was incredible. Um, so that was a 10 out of 10 for me. 
And then the rest of us went to Yak and Yeti, which we've been to before. Um, it is not like anything crazy. I, I wouldn't say it's crazy adventurous. Like it's just really quality, like Asian food. So they have some Chinese dishes. They have some Indian dishes. AJ got chicken, tiki, chicken tikka masala. I had like sesame chicken. I thought mine was really good. He was not as jazzed about his. Um, we had, uh, I can't think. Oh, I think mom got like sweet and sour chicken or something like that. Mm. So it's just like that kind of standard things you'd find at like a Chinese restaurant or like a really a P.F. Chang's. <laughs> but um, the theming's really fun in there. It also was like pouring, raining while we were in there. So that was a perfect time to have a yeah. little lunch reservation. Um, and then we headed over, I think, to like the safari after that, did some other things and um, didn't do Genie Plus this day. And then in the evening, as Animal Kingdom was closing, we headed out and did some park hopping. So you guys went to Hollywood Studios. Yeah. And then we went to Epcot. Um, so we grabbed, Zach and I grabbed my dad because he actually wasn't able to stay for the whole trip. So he was only going to have one more full day with us after this. And we're really big Animal Kingdom people and we're really big Hollywood Studios people. And my dad, he loves rides. Um, and so he still hadn't gotten on like Rise of the Resistance ever. So I was like, you know what? Let's take him. And he hadn't gotten on Tower of Terror. And that's kind of like hit him and I. That's like our ride. He used yeah. to take me on when I was little. Um, so I'm like, let's grab him. Let's get him in there. And let's get him on Tower. And let's try to get him on Rise. And so we rode Tower of Terror. And we got in line for Rise. It was like, I think, going to be like a 45-minute wait at the end of the night or something. Mm-hmm. And everything was going well. We got on the ride. It was great. And at the very end, like literally we came out of the last room when you see um it's like around the corner from the exit uh-huh. and the ride shut down and we were like did you do the drop and then the ride shut down or you didn't get we were, into that we room? were already like when you're out and they're like I can't, see i don't know anything about star wars but there you can see the like captain guy outside oh, okay. yeah it was like literally the end of the ride yeah um it shut down and <laughs> We were stuck in the seats, and they actually had to come and, like, let people out and walk them out. Like, we didn't... Our car never moved again. We walked off the ride. So, you were through the ride, at least. We were lucky, but yeah. there were people in there that sure. were actually on it. And so, that was just kind of, like, a, like a weird and different way to end the night. Um, yeah. And kind of a bummer that it was my dad's first time riding it, but luckily, we were at the very end. Yeah. And they did offer us... Um, like an anywhere pass for the next day for lightning lane so we could use it on any ride except for any ill individual lightning lane rides at any Mm -hmm. park the next day um or we could have gotten back on the ride right then and rode it again or i guess those were basically the two or or an individual Mm -hmm. lightning lane for rise for the next day gotcha so those were the three options they gave us we were going to be at magic kingdom the next day so we took the anytime pass Mm -hmm. for the next day and we were like this worked out great for us because we got through the ride and then got like a free lightning lane yeah absolutely um and we went to epcot so me and aj our kids and then mom went to epcot and we just did remy i don't know if we did anything else i can't really quite remember i think we had planned to kind of maybe pop to a couple of food and wine booths, but I don't think we actually were... No, I think we did do that, actually. And then we went to Remy um, and got on that. The line wasn't too terribly long. um, And the kids were, like, asleep. So I think 
Theo might have slept a little bit through that cue and Link woke up and was like, I don't want to do this. And we were like, we're doing it. <laughs> he gets like funny about things that he remembers. And he just kept saying like, I don't want to go in the oven. And we were like, we don't remember you. Go- like, yeah. I don't think you go in the oven on this you ride. Go you it. go under it. And he could remember, <laughs> he remembered the fire from the last time we were on it. And, um, and this time he didn't notice it. And we got off the ride and he said, mommy, there was no fire. And I was like, well, there was, but you must not have looked up. So, um, but we got to do Remy and that was perfect way to like end the night however it did mean that we were leaving the park as harmonious was ending or right after it ended and so we got to the skyliner and the line was i've never seen the skyliner line the way it was they had it like stanchion and it kept switchbacking so we were like well we could stand in this line or we could go try to find like a snack or something so we walked over to the boardwalk to the ice cream shop there got a Sunday and by the time we walked back to the um, Skyliner we like basically were able to just walk right on so that's like a little pro tip just go grab yeah. some boardwalk ice cream and then head back and the line will be non-existent by then so so then Wednesday we were in Magic Kingdom yeah so this is the full Magic Kingdom day and we did I do remember talking like the night before we definitely knew going into our trip we were probably not going to be buying Genie on any Epcot or um, Animal, Kingdom, Animal days. Kingdom days, but there was the possibility of doing it for Hollywood Studios and Magic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but after the experience you guys had had on Monday at Hollywood, where not being there for the whole day kind of set you back on being able to like successfully book Genie, we were like we knew what our plan was for lunch and for kind of relaxing in the middle of the day at the resort. So mm-hmm. we we opted not to to buy any genie for Magic Kingdom that day. Yeah. Also, we should say we are not rope droppers. Um, mm-hmm. you if you listen to like actual Disney podcasts, like nine times out of ten, you're gonna hear people's advice be that you should rope drop. I hundred percent disagree. I don't think it's necessary. Sure, you can get there and you can get maybe like three rides done first thing in the morning. But if you're not a morning person, you can get plenty done at night. Yeah. I And we are night owls versus, as evidenced by, like, it's, like, 10 o'clock and we're recording this now. But, um, so I think it's totally, you know, your preference and the way you operate as a family. Um, but we would just rather have a little bit of a slower morning. And we did. We had slow mornings this trip, and I yeah, loved that. Like. I was just so, there were mornings when certain people were up and they were ready to go and they just went. And we kind of went into this trip saying, everybody just needs to do what feels right for them or what they want to do. And I think we did that very well, or at least better than any previous trip. And that was just really, it took a lot of pressure off of like, everybody has to be ready to go at this time. Um, And that was nice. So yes, so we didn't do Genie this day. We went in the morning, did a couple of rides and things, and then we split up for lunch again here. Yeah, so um, you guys went to Ohana. Yes. Which is a favorite of ours. It is. Of our families. Yeah. However, since I've had to sort of restrict certain things out of my diet, it's not a good option for me. Right. So Zach and I opted out of it because also it's a fixed price meal. So if you're not going to... It's not like I can pick something from the menu. It's like I have to pay $55 to sit there and eat a fraction of the option. Right. So we decided it was just advantageous for us to do something else. So we, just the two of us, went to lunch at Grand Floridian Cafe. Actually, it was brunch, um, at obviously, at the Grand Floridian. Um, so we just walked over there from Magic Kingdom, and it was really nice. It was the very end of their brunch service, and so there was, like, nobody in there, and it's really pretty, and really, it was quiet. 
and we had like pancakes and, and brunchy things. Zach had a the lobster Thermidor burger, which he said was amazing. And yeah, we had a great experience. That's awesome. And so if you haven't been to Ohana, um, it's at the Polynesian. Um, like Amanda said, it's a fixed price. So it is family style. Um, and you, they just bring you like these skillets of food. So there's like a salad and bread to start. Um, I couldn't even tell you much about the salad because I eat like three leaves of lettuce every time. <laughs> um, but the bread is really good. It's like a pineapple coconut bread. And then they bring you what they call like the appetizers or snacks. And it's like a, a skillet of these really delicious noodles um, and these like Polynesian sauce wings. Um, and then my favorite part is these like pot stickers that they have and they're really crunchy and crispy. They're delicious. And then the next, oh, and there's broccolini, I think on that skillet. And then the next thing that they bring out is these skillets of meat. So they used to have like these big skewers that they'd bring around and there's a central grill in the restaurant. So you could see them cooking it. You can still see them cooking. Um, but since COVID they switched to just bringing a, like a skillet for each table instead of like this huge skewer that they would like literally take the meat off of the skewer and right onto your plate. Um, but there's peel and eat shrimp and a um, teriyaki like beef and like steak tip kind of thing and then um, a, a chicken with a chimichurri sauce it's all really good and then at the end they bring out this like huge slice of this um, pineapple bread pudding with ice cream and this caramel sauce that you pour over top um, and it's all you can eat so you just anything you want they'll bring you more of um, like <laughs> your brother literally asked for a dessert all of his own so and he ate every last bite oh um so yeah, it, it was just really good. And then after that, we were thoroughly stuffed. <laughs> so we headed back to the Riviera. I think this was the day that our my family of four all like took a two hour nap, like all four of us. And you guys napped a little bit, went to the pool, mm -hmm. I think, right? Um, and then by the time we kind of woke up, it was time to head back to Magic Kingdom. And we really got back into Magic Kingdom like as fireworks were ending. So I think we had intended to get there for fireworks and to see Enchantment but we didn't make it in time and we were kind of fine with that. We had extended evening theme park hours at Magic Kingdom this night and it was from 10 to 12. So by the time we got back into Magic Kingdom, the park was still open for another about 45 minutes and then there were still the two hours that we were allowed in as um, deluxe guests. Um, and we got, I counted, I remember we, my, like we kind of split up and did different things then. Um, AJ and I really focused on things that like Lincoln and Theo could ride. Um, or that things that were easy to ride or swap for us, um, and take link on. And we got nine rides done <laughs> in those two and a half hours. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, basically if you have those extended theme park hours at, this was my second time having, doing both Epcot and Magic Kingdom this trip for extended evening. And for Epcot, it's kind of, um, it's hit or miss. It doesn't make a whole lot of difference because right. Epcot lines aren't super right. long ever. But for Magic Kingdom, you can get a lot done in those yeah. couple of hours. So it's definitely, it's another, you know, tip towards the little bit of extra cost for us from doing the moderate to the deluxe. Yeah. This is a huge value. Yeah. Um, Honestly, if those day. were the only two hours we had been in Magic Kingdom all day, we would have gotten, we right. got more done in those two right. hours than any other yeah. time, so... Um, so on Thursday we had an Epcot day, which, um, other than I think you and AJ, nobody in our family is 
a huge Epcot person. Like we like it, but there's no need for us to get up there, get there early and yeah. spend all kinds of hours. Um, oh, but you guys did. We did. So we went to Topolino's um, for breakfast that morning. They have a character breakfast. It's Mickey, Minnie, um, Daisy and Donald. They're dressed up in like little painter and writer and ballerina outfits. Um, like they're supposed to be artists learning their craft or whatever. Um, and it's super cute. So we did breakfast there. This is also dad's departure day. So mm -hmm. after breakfast, he pretty much like grabbed a suitcase and went to meet his ride back to the airport. Um, and then we had like a little bit of a slow start, but we got to Epcot a little bit later. And yeah, AJ and I love Epcot just because we really enjoy World Showcase. We love, we've now mm -hmm. been to Food and Wine Festival twice. This is our second time there. Um, and we were at Flower and Garden back in March and we love the festivals. Just, we love mm -hmm. to like try different foods and get like just a small plate to share of something different to try. So we, um, we really enjoyed that part of it. Um, but other than Topolino's, we didn't have a dining reservation and we kind of just, yeah, didn't. Oh, we did do, um, Cosmic Rewind again this day. We had another virtual queue for that. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it was kind of like a, everybody kind of did what they wanted to yeah. this day. Yeah, and this day, um, you know, on, on the topic of the the festivals, um, honestly, again, if you're an allergy person like me, which I'm lucky because I don't have a, a true allergy, um, so I don't have to worry about cross-contamination, but I do have, like, sensitivities. Honestly, like, the festivals are, there's almost nothing not ever. Yeah. Um, and so that's a big disappointment and something I hope Disney works on in the future, but that one, that isn't a big draw for me. So, yeah. um, so yeah, we, you know, it was a nice kind of more chill day for us. An Epcot day is basically a rest day. Yeah. You know, it's just like strolling around, seeing what we wanted to see, maybe hopping on a couple rides, but there was nothing big really that happened that day. Um, and then that evening I of course did my nine o'clock drop. <laughs> yeah. And then Friday morning, we were back to Animal Kingdom just for like two hours. <laughs> we got yeah. into Animal Kingdom a little bit later. I think we were really starting to slow down in the mornings yeah. by this time. Um, just we were pulling like later nights. Um, so we got into Animal Kingdom, did uh, Everest, right? And I think we tried to get on the safari and we're watching the time and yeah. things got backed up because of animals being like on the path. And so we ended up bailing on the safari because we had to get to our Steakhouse 71 um, reservation for lunch, which is over at the Contemporary. So we had to take a bus over there. So we did Steakhouse 71 for lunch, and then you guys headed back to the resort. Did you yeah. guys go swim? Um, we just kind of relaxed. I think we went in the pool a little, but really we just relaxed for a few hours. And then AJ and I took the boys into Magic Kingdom for a little bit. Um, this was the night that you all were going to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, and we had opted not to do that just because we weren't sure it would be worth it for... The kids, like Lincoln would have needed a ticket, and so it would have been, I don't know, $500 or something like that for the three of us to be able to go, and we just weren't sure if he would really, A, enjoy it, B, like, not be melting down that late at night, and um, so we, we opted not to do it. So we went into Magic Kingdom for probably two hours um, to just do a couple of rides, and then we headed out um, and caught you guys right before you left. Yeah, so Mickey's Not So Scary is something that I was really looking forward to this trip. Um, it's basically a special ticketed Halloween event in Magic Kingdom. They shut down the whole park and only people with those tickets can go in. 
And this could honestly be a whole episode on its own, and and it should. Like, (laughs) if you are interested in Halloween, if you're interested in Disney, I would recommend you listen to WDW Prep School's podcast. Mm -hmm. They have a whole episode on the the Halloween party Mm -hmm. and Main Street Magic is a podcast that I love. Listen to them, and they did a ton of coverage on the Halloween party um, over the last few years, but just also the same one I went to. But really quick highlights. One, um, you can dress up, which you can't as a uh, as an adult. You can't really dress up to go to Disney World, or you're not really supposed to um, do full costume on a regular day. Um, and so that was really fun for me. We dressed Zach and I as Maleficent and Diablo, which is her sidekick, the little raven that she uh, carries around, um, and that was really fun. And, like, I had a little girl, like, reach out and touch the hem of my garment when I walked by. <laughs> it was just, it felt magical. You guys looked great. <laughs> it was, like, we the most fun ever. And we, like, I, we didn't, like, dress up for Halloween as kids. So, for me, I feel like that's why I'm super extra as an yeah. adult. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we can share pictures of that. Um, and, you know, embarrass me. And <laughs> um, basically, what you should know about the party is that they do um, a couple of rides. They do a special like overlay, like something either Halloween music or Halloween atmosphere actors that aren't always there, that are only there during the party. They mm-hmm. release certain foods and merchandise that you can only get during that event. Um, there are certain characters that are out to meet and greet that are only there during the event. When you walk in, you get a trick-or-treat bag and you get like free candy all throughout the park mm-hmm. during the night. Um and then the biggest thing, in my opinion, that you're really paying for is three things. It's one, a Hocus Pocus stage show at, in front of the castle, um, a special booty parade, um, which has like villains and characters you're not always seeing at a regular parade, mm-hmm. special music. There's like um, a whole like haunted mansion tableau, like very fun, very cool. Um, and then a special fireworks spectacular, which is like a full-out projections on the castle that are Halloween-themed. A massive, like, Jack Skellington puppet, like, comes out of the castle in mm. real life during the fireworks. And then, of course, music and fireworks. Um, so that's really what you're paying for. We had a great experience. However, <laughs> it was actually, like, the second-to-worst weather night of our trip. Mm-hmm. We had great weather most of the trip. And so... The Hocus Pocus stage show never full out happened. They had like a rain version of it. The um, parade is supposed to be let out by the Headless Horseman. The Headless Horseman never went out that night. And um, the fireworks went off as planned, but that was the only thing. So that was a little disappointing, but otherwise it was a great night and um, I would definitely recommend going. Yeah, and I will say too, the wait times and things for rides, um, I think... the party started at what seven you people could have gotten in for the party at like mm-hmm. four um but we were in right as those like p- the people could start coming in at four and wait times were super low so mm-hmm. i think people who are coming early for the party they're doing things like looking for the the exclusive snacks mm-hmm. or the merch like there was a line to get in the emporium um but we were getting on rides like in 10 minutes so that was like a really great time to go even though we weren't staying for the party um and yeah we were back we actually ended up heading over to epcot that night to meet up with a couple of friends and then we watched harmonious um and and that was a great evening for us but we were like thinking oh no this is the one night it's raining so far and you guys (laughs) so far so far (laughs) um 
a little foreshadowing, but yeah. So then Saturday we were back at Epcot. I will say AJ and I ended up counting. We, out of our nine park days, this trip, we were in Epcot five different days. That's kind of like... <laughs> That's your Hollywood, Hollywood studios. studios. Yeah. So we were back in Epcot Saturday morning. We got another virtual queue for um, Cosmic Rewind. Mm-hmm. So we got to ride it three times this trip. It's amazing. Um, and we split up for lunch again. We did Teppanado in Japan. You guys did Rose and Crown in England. Both really good. We both, yeah. I think, enjoyed yeah. that. Um, and then AJ and I hung around Epcot a little bit longer this day. And you guys headed back to the resort because you were headed to another fun event. Yeah. Supposed so to be a fun event. That my, again, this was my mom, my husband, my little brother, and his girlfriend we had purchased tickets for an event called H2O Glow at Disney's Typhoon Lagoon, which is um, one of the two water parks. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, the five of us and my dad had been to Typhoon Lagoon for the first time in May, and we were there for my brother's law school graduation, and we loved it. We had an amazing experience. Unlike the other parks at this point, it's, like, so simple. Yeah. (laughs) The lines are not super long. Like... Even if there are long lines, you can sit in a lazy river, you can sit in a wave pool, and it just felt like really nice. So we really wanted to go back, and we found out about this special event, because the one issue is it's so hot, and the sun just beats on you in a water park. And um, these events were like not much, really much more than tickets to the park for the day, but it's just really basically so you can go in the evening, right? Um, which is still super hot <laughs> in August in Orlando, but you don't have that sun beating on you, and there's like DJs and like... Fun, glow, you got glow, glow bracelets, bracelets and, and lighting yeah. and stuff like that. And we were like, okay, let's do that. Um, and so we got there. I think it started at six. Yeah. Um, it was supposed to be like six to ten or something. Yeah. And we got there like right around six and we like got our little area set up with our, you know, our towels and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were literally like headed to get into the lazy river and all day it looked like it was going to be clear weather and we got into the lazy river and we were not even in it two minutes literally when they shut down everything because there was lightning in the area and um we hung around for like maybe an hour at that point and the rain started to downpour and we were kind of like huddled in a corner and hoping that the party would you know restart at some point but after about an hour I looked at them and I said I'd done enough research I knew that if it lasted another like half hour they would just cancel it altogether we looked at the radar it wasn't going to stop so we actually just left we literally had gotten into the lazy river for like two minutes and that was it and unfortunately there they um they won't give a refund all they'll do is give us um tickets to go anytime in the next 12 months to the water park um which like you said we don't super helpful (laughs) we don't have a trip planned in the next 12 months right now so um we'll see if we get to use that so luckily this wasn't like the halloween party where it was i mean like a lot of money per person right Um, it was much more affordable yeah but But definitely a bummer yeah that really stinks. I could tell it was going to be a really fun event. Like the DJ stuff was already set up and yeah. pumping and it was fun and the lighting was fun and, and it, but we didn't get to experience literally anything. That stinks. Um, we headed back. I think this was the day that we were, we kind of like worked our way around world showcase again. Our kids fell asleep in the stroller. So we were like, Oh, let's hit a couple more food booths that we wanted to try. And we were over outside of the China pavilion when the first downpour hit. Um, 
of like the afternoon and so we were like huddled under this like bonsai tree and trying to stay and then the the wind so it was just terrible we ended up basically it passed by we made the rest of the loop around world showcase and we headed back to the resort and it wasn't raining at this point so we were like oh let's get go in the pool and we got down to the pool and we could see the lightning and the lifeguards were like, as of now, it's at a safe distance when nothing's closed. But we were like, well, we think it's not going to stay far away. So I said, well, why don't I take Link to the big splash pad for um, like the kids play area? And we'll just wait for a little bit before we get all, all of us get wet. Um, and within 10 minutes, they closed the pool on us as well. So we just like had a resort evening and you guys <laughs> ended up coming back maybe an hour, hour and a half later. Um, and kind of just relaxed and yeah yeah um so that was saturday sunday was our last full day we were in disney springs that morning um mom and i went and got in line and <laughs> waited almost an hour to get into gideon's bakehouse and got cookies um to take home with us and then we all went to homecoming um for brunch which was really good I would definitely go back. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed homecoming a lot. Um, they served me like French toast, which is not something that I often get to order as gluten free yeah. person. Um, but I do think a lot of our group was like, um, it was like a little bit like heavy yeah. and a lot for just like the Florida heat. Yeah. Um, so that's like one downside, but the food was obviously very good. And the deviled eggs were amazing. They that were. was my favorite thing. I would um, say, like, if we were to go back, and AJ and I ordered the same thing. It was delicious. I didn't even put a dent in it, though. So if mm -hmm. we were to go back, I would go back knowing, choose, yeah. choose like, a appetizer to split and then an entree to yeah. split, and that would be a lot yeah. better. Yeah, and one, one quick point on, on Gideon's, um, just for anyone else who might have an allergy out there, they don't serve anything there that's gluten-free, which I always mm. find a little disappointing. Like, it's, you yeah. know, it's 2022, but at the same time, if if there's a real contamination issue for people that you're not there's no way um but i do want to just recommend kind of around the corner is aaron mckenna's bakery which everything in there is vegan and gluten-free and i think kosher also mm -hmm. um and phenomenal so while you guys picked up gideon's yeah. for you know the next couple days we i picked up aaron mckenna's which is like something i love yeah I will also say, you know, Amanda's mentioned her gluten and dairy um, sensitivities, but my youngest son, who's only one, so, you know, we're, it's now become an issue because he's eating table food, um, but he has a peanut allergy. And Disney is absolutely wonderful with allergies. So if you ever go um, and you are concerned about an allergen or just even a preference or sensitivity, uh, you can ask to speak with a chef anywhere. They will consult a chef about your allergy. Um, there's always allergy-friendly things at restaurants, table service and um, quick service, and cast members are really knowledgeable. And if they don't know, they'll find out the answer directly from a chef to what you can have mm. and how they can accommodate yeah, you. Totally. So. Um, so then after we were done at Disney Springs, we headed over to um, Hollywood Studios um, for the evening. We had Genie this day and we had been stacking our lightning lane. So this was the day that we really made use of Genie. We got yeah. pretty much a lightning lane for everything. It was, it was great. I don't think we really waited in any lines. Yeah. Again, um, this is something where I would recommend looking at WDW prep or Main Street yeah. Magic or, or one of those experts because there's a lot you can learn about 
when you're talking about stacking, about how to use Genie appropriately. Yeah. Um, that you can find out on a site like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we got on like everything that night. I mean, there, it was a lot of back and forth crisscrossing the park, yeah. but we really were able to ride everything. And we had an individual lightning lane for rise for those of us who hadn't been on it yet this trip. Yeah. Um, and then and pretty much got well, most magical moment for me was that oh. we did take Lincoln, who is only three, yeah. on Tower of Terror for the first time at the very end of the night. Yeah. And it was, like, just so cute. Yeah. That was, like, everything I dreamed of. <laughs> well, and my favorite part about that was your husband <laughs> kept looking over and going, this is so wrong. This, this is, is so, so wrong. wrong. <laughs> and Link just, I mean, it's, like, creepy in there. And he kept thinking, saying to me, Mommy, they really need to clean in here. They really need to clean. And I was like, yeah, it's just really dirty. Don't worry about, like, the creepy yeah. aspect. He's, but he's the kind of kid who's so brave and, like, will try yeah. anything. And, you know, you wouldn't put, like, maybe I can feel like Theo when he's three. Like, you're probably not going to put him no. on there. But, you know, every kid's different. It yeah. was super fun. But he did yeah. not want to go again. Well, he when we got off, he said, I want to go with daddy. But then when we were like, hey, would you like to get back in line? He was like, no, thank you. And then he says, no, thank you to everything he doesn't want to do again. So, But that was fun. He is a coaster kid for sure. Yeah. Like he, I think we ended up riding Slinky Dog that night. And he got on that like three times in a row or something yeah. like that. So, um, So that was our Sunday. And then Monday we woke up. Packed up everything, took it to Bell Services, and we went to Chef Mickey's at the Contemporary for breakfast. Um, I will say, Chef Mickey's has a reputation for not having like great food. I thought the food was fine. It wasn't anything like groundbreaking. It's breakfast. It's yeah. breakfast. So I think it's we played it safe with breakfast. I mean, it's scrambled eggs, and there's a ton of options. I didn't realize how many options like scrambled eggs, bacon, sausage, um, pancakes, some sort of like banana bread french toast thing yeah it didn't that looks sketch i didn't try <laughs> that um a like cheesy potato casserole which like i had heard great things about but in practice i was like mm, my mom makes a better one of these um but like all of your standard yeah. like breakfast feast what i will say about chef mickey's is the character interactions this i mean was it was amazing amazing for me too. i thought it was so magical. they were so great it was mickey minnie donald daisy was daisy there no it was no goofy. daisy goofy and pluto and just they really took their time we had like kind of prepped link earlier in the week when we had breakfast at topolino's i felt like he just wanted to tell them that he went on the buzz Lightyear ride that was all he wanted to tell characters so this time i was like hey you already told mickey that so like what could you ask him mm -hmm. so he asked mickey what's your favorite ride and mickey acted out haunted mansion and then mickey asked lincoln and then he was like i love buzz Lightyear, thunder mountain really or whatever sweet. and he just like mickey took his time and same thing like pluto like messed with his hair and like rubbed his hands on his face and stuff and that he just thought that was hilarious and oh my goodness Pluto's like a trick like tricky or whatever and it, they just were all really fantastic it was, it was yeah. so sweet and this was one this was like my I think top choice or one of my top choices mm -hmm. when we were planning for this and I think a lot of people were like why because it doesn't have a great reputation food wise but I just feel like um in the kind of like Disney world it's like you have to do it yeah. once and to see like Mickey in his chef outfit and yeah it's just like part of it's just magical and yeah I don't know that I would necessarily need to rush back right 
but especially with like being with our you know my three-year-old nephew and, and yeah. one-year-old nephew it was it was just like really a memory I'll 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 keep right and I, I I think I agree with you like I the food would not bring me back but the character interactions I would totally yeah I, I don't think I'd say like oh we have to do it every trip but yeah. I would not I think it was a really fun way to end our trip I think so too and um I think to end with a good character meal whether it's that or, yeah. or Capolino's or Tusker House or something yeah. else is is a smart yeah for sure idea. and I think too like the only thing I will say about Chef Mickey's that I'm disappointed in is just the atmosphere, like the physical space. Uh-huh. It's very dated. It feels very mm-hmm. like, okay, this was created in like the 90s mm-hmm. and it has not been touched since. Like, and almost to the point where it's not dirty, but it almost feels a little dirty just yeah. because it's so dated. Um, so if they would just refurb that restaurant yeah. it would be like yeah. I, it probably would be on my list of like let's go there every time yeah kind of thing um but it just is like the kind of place you know like when you go into a restaurant that's dated and you kind of feel like oh this feels sticky or something yeah. like that's kind of how it feels yeah and it just needs like some fresh artwork a coat of paint and some new flooring and yeah, it would be like, of, like totally 90s great carpet. yeah yeah so. yeah um, so then we went into Magic Kingdom, mm-hmm. but honestly, we didn't do much because for some reason, um, this was so crowded mm-hmm. and it just felt oppressively hot that day. Yeah. And I love the heat and I didn't feel that way any other day on our trip. And I, we were like in line for something and I kind of looked at my mom and it was people, people mover <laughs> and I was like, it was like, oh, we could, maybe we could just go on this or do that. And I looked mm-hmm. at him like, maybe we could just go back and get in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> And we kind of all, like, conferred a little, and it was like, yeah. 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 Uh, So did we do anything other than the people mover? We went into the confectionery on our way out, and that was it, really. Yeah. We did the people mover, and that was, and we headed out. Yeah. Yeah. So we spent some time in the pool. Oh, I think we did a couple of rides on the teacups or something this day, too, didn't we? But yeah, so we, we went back to the resort, and... Poor Bell Services people pulled our bags up for us. We grabbed our suits and everything, and we yeah spent an hour in the pool before we had to go back yeah. to the, the airport. We took Happy Limo back to the airport. Again, really fantastic. Our driver back was really sweet. She chatted with us the whole time. Mm-hmm. We put Zach in the front with her, which was perfect because he's he's kind of like the mayor. Like I feel like he could carry on a conversation with anybody. Yeah. But um, she was chatting the whole time, and then... We had like a 20 or 30 minute delay yeah. on our flight coming home, but other than that, yeah, we were fine. So that was our trip. Okay, so let's transition now. Thanks for sticking with us for our entire Disney recap. <laughs> if you can't tell, we love talking about Disney, but this is a wedding podcast. So let's yeah. talk about some celebrity weddings because there has been quite a bit of action yeah. since we last had a AB conversation. So in like a little bit of transparency because of our trip and all that, we were recording way ahead before. Mm-hmm. And so some of these weddings are almost like old news now. Right. Um, but there's just been a lot that's happened this summer. And rather than having another topic, we're like, let's just round up what's happened this summer and, mm-hmm. and just talk about it quick. So the first one I want to talk about really briefly is Alexandria Daddario and uh, producer Andrew Forms' wedding in New Orleans. This was actually in June. Um, so it was before we last talked, but pictures hadn't really come out. And um, we're not going to talk about a whole lot here because I, honestly, I don't think a lot of people know Alexandra Daddario. Right. I do because I love the show White Lotus, which mm-hmm. is what she starred in. Um, 
this is a, I think a stunning wedding. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll just do some, you know, post some pictures on our, our yeah. page at something borrowed and you can weigh in on your thoughts about it. But, yeah. um, they got married in new Orleans. They had a ceremony at preservation hall, downtown new Orleans. And then they had like a new Orleans band that like led the, mm-hmm. uh, whole wedding out from, which this- is like a new Orleans tradition. Okay. I didn't know yeah. that. That led, uh, the whole the couple and their guests through the French Quarter to a venue called Bar Marilou for their reception, um, and it just like looked almost like it was dripping in like nineteen twenties. That her mm-hmm. dress um, was designed by Daniel Frankel, stunning. He wore a pinstripe suit, which is stunning, and I just. I loved it. I'm curious to see what everyone else thinks. Yeah. I think this is really fun. I love when couples take like a tradition or um, just something like culturally from the place that they're getting married. Like, so they did the second line that led them through the French Quarter. And it was just very like New Orleans wedding based on photos. So yeah. Which is, I don't think, like I was trying to look up and I don't think either of them are from there, but like, cool, whatever. Yeah. Um, Also the photographer was, I, I guess named Storm Stantos. And I think the photos that have come out are just like stunning i i don't know um so yeah we'll definitely share some of those yeah the one you probably have definitely heard about <laughs> is or the two yeah right jen and ben so benifer finally tied the knot i remember very vividly their first engagement 20 years ago um <laughs> i do not yeah no i remember it for sure and um so jennifer lopez and ben affleck um had been engaged broke up, both married other people, got back together, um, and tied the knot in July at the Little White Chapel wedding, um, their Little White Chapel wedding in Vegas, um, and then in August they had, like, a big wedding at Ben's home outside of Savannah, Georgia. So really quick on the Vegas wedding. We talked about Vegas wedding last time, (laughs) and I was like, I'm all for it, I love it. I hated it. Hated it. Hated it. You're not gonna do a Vegas wedding and show up like you're dressed like it's your first communion. Right. I don't. Um, especially for yeah. Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. I don't understand what was going on there. Um. So clarify. I'm only a fan if we're gonna like lean into it. Well, and that's the other thing. I'm like, if you, I mean, when when it was the Kardashian fiesta and the entire production, like fine because that feels very on brand. Mm-hmm. But I just, can we not do the celebrities getting married like six different yeah. times anymore? Like yeah. I'm, let's not. Yeah. <laughs> if you had this whole wedding planned in Georgia, just get married in yeah, Georgia and I have everybody there. Like you have kids, you yeah. both have kids, you both have families. I mean, people are already like, how long is this going <laughs> to actually yeah. last? Yeah. And I hope for them truly that it lasts forever, whatever. But it won't. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just like the whole Vegas thing. It just felt like you're too old for this and not like rocker yeah. enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I agree. yeah. Um, so the actual like Georgia wedding and then that's the other thing. The Georgia wedding was this big affair. She had like three dresses. She had like every, they made everybody wear white. Like, no, thank you to that. I love a good white dress but i would not enjoy being told what i need to wear to someone's wedding i like the concept but like the pictures i saw then i was like yeah no um and then like yeah it was just like this whole thing so if you're gonna do the whole shebang then don't do like which anniversary are you celebrating i know it's weird that was yeah um and so 
this was like at Ben's house in Riceboro, Georgia, which is outside of Savannah. Mm -hmm. Um, and like my under, the, the thing about it is that this is like what, like a week ago now, like it's been very recent and not a lot of photos have come out. Um, so it's kind of like piecing together, like they built some sort of chapel on his property. They kind of had like a million white tents around the property, but there isn't a lot that I've seen about kind of like the details. So there isn't a lot to talk about other than her dress. Mm -hmm. Um, so she had three, you imagine mm -hmm. that, and they were all designed by Ralph Lauren. Mm -hmm. Um, the ceremony dress, I ha ate. That's like, the I, ruffle. I one. can't. Yeah. No, it's terrible. Am I wrong? I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> no. I, I just, I think it's hideous. I'm so sorry. Yeah. She has like a cathedral veil and like all these like weird like handkerchief ruffles, mm -hmm. but like it's super high neck and mm -hmm. then there's also like handkerchief ruffles on the sleeve. It's mm -hmm. like, it's weird. Yeah. Um, it goes back to the Kourtney Kardashian thing. Like you could literally have done anything. And yeah. You had Ralph Lauren design this and this is what yeah. you came up with. I yeah. don't know. So then... She had two more, and it's yeah. not clear to me when she wore these other two dresses, but... Yeah. Well, she had this one, like, that was a plunging front, crystal detailing, the back's really open, and then she had a veil on that one, so... I don't know. Like, a shoulder-length veil, so, I mean, you, typically you only wear the veil during the ceremony, so who... I, I and I didn't like this one either. Yeah. I, I mean, the plunging neckline, it's like, cool, I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. But the way that the crystal detail was, it was kind of like, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. I, it just wasn't for me personally. It felt dated, honestly. Yeah. It looked old to yeah. me. Um, and it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Maybe I'm just like a, being unpleasant. <laughs> You just hated the whole affair, so I just wasn't into it. <laughs> and then the third one had these like pearls that cascaded and hit the floor. And the only picture I saw of this sure was like it was noisy. very kind of like <laughs> from the side and like it's yeah. kinda hard to tell. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I liked it. <laughs> shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> and it's weird. Like I actually like J Lo. Um, yeah. And I like Ben Affleck separately. Yeah. But I did I just don't know what was happening here. Like maybe you're trying to make too much of a statement with all three, but then yeah. yeah. I'm also I mean, that's the thing for me is like I'm not like super into multiple dresses. Um, but maybe two. Yeah. But right. like definitely not three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> Um, okay, should we move on then? Yeah, sure. So this is one that I have followed. So I have been watching The Bachelor for a very, very long time. Um, and so Sarah Highland and Wells Adams just got married recently. And Wells was a contestant on The Bachelorette years and years ago um, and has been on other shows in the franchise. And so, and he's just one of those people that like, again, only really know him from his time on Bachelor shows, but... Mm -hmm is always really funny and like sweet and I think that he has that kind of reputation um and so he like I think he just like shot a shot with her once mm -hmm. and they ended up engaged um and have been engaged for about three years and postponed their wedding because of COVID so they just got married um in California and everything I've seen from this wedding really just looked like fun like Me too. I saw I a picture so of half of the cast of Modern Family, which is what she starred in. Um, 
and they just looked like they were having a blast. It was like almost like a selfie that they were taking or whatever with her. Um, and they are just such a cute couple. Um, she posted like a picture of them and was like, finally, um, like the Adam, his last name is Adam. So she was like, we're finally Adam's family or something like that. And so they just feel like a, I mean, they're, I would imagine close to my age, our age. Um, and they just feel like a couple that really truly does love each other and is happy to be finally married after a long engagement. Um, I've seen them poke fun at how long their engagement was and everything. So anyway, I just, I just thought like it looked like a really fun affair. Yeah. This, I loved everything about this and I'm not as familiar with either of them. Like I wasn't a modern family person and I'm only Mm -hmm. recently (laughs) on the bachelor (laughs) insanity. Um, but this wedding looked like a wedding that's realistic. Like you could Mm -hmm. actually go to this wedding, not like whatever Jen and Ben ridiculousness was going on. Um, Obviously, it would be, like, your rich friends, but, like, um, it was, like, realistic and beautiful, and it was kind of, it's a California vineyard, but it kind of looked very, like, um, like, French, like, chateau or something, like, stunning candles, florals. And just florals everywhere, but, like, really Mm -hmm. great ones. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And she had multiple dresses, but I thought they were so cute, so fitting, and, um, Jesse Tyler Ferguson married her, and I'm like, even though I didn't watch Modern Family, I'm a sucker for like people actually getting along. Yeah, right. <laughs> that we're on a show together, right. and so I agree. This just seemed so sweet. Um, I think the venue was called the Sunstone. The florals, I I looked up specifically who did the florals because I just thought everything was stunning, and it was um, a florist called Mark's Garden, um, and just huge dance floor DJ, taco truck just yeah definitely seemed like a ton of fun and I agree they actually seem like a real couple mm-hmm. in a way that maybe some of these other people yeah don't the other thing I will say um about her dresses or like I don't think that they were extremely different like the cuts of yeah. them were very similar her dress I believe for the ceremony had this like really high like up to the top of her thigh mm-hmm. um uh, slit, but it was like a, a sweetheart neck, like, mm-hmm. um, a strapless gown. And then, uh, sh- and I think it had just like a, a draping kind of like strap or whatever. Um, good. Were you going to say something? Unrelated. Oh. So go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, and then she had, um, another one that was more of like a mermaid, but again, that sweetheart yeah. neck with like a draping strap. So, um, they just all like kind of felt cohesive where like in contrast JLo's dresses were just very different and very like all trying like almost fighting each other Mm -hmm. for the attention yeah no I agree with that it's like um your wedding has a style right right and so your dress should sort of like go with that um so yeah and I I thought Sarah Highland looked beautiful again like she's not someone I'm super familiar with but I loved everything I saw and read like reading about their wedding and them talking about, you know, their relationship. I was like, Oh, what a sweet couple. Um, and Vanessa Hudgens was like one of the bridesmaids and I'm so confused, but that's, that's all there is to it. But I actually loved their bridesmaid dresses and the colors. Everything was beautiful, (laughs) but I just, I'm like, Hmm, I wonder what the connection is there. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Um, but the last wedding, like I want to talk about, and then we have a couple of quick other ones we'll reference on our social media but the last one I really want to talk about and I've been so excited to talk about for like a month now is Sophia Bush and 
Grant Hughes. I almost said Hugh Grant. She definitely is <laughs> very Hugh Grant. <laughs> um, so if you don't know Sophia Bush, she's of One Tree Hill, mm-hmm. Brooke Davis fame, and mm-hmm. also like other stuff since then, but that's what's important. Um, <laughs> and I'm like a huge One Tree Hill fan, um, and this is honestly one of the most beautiful, I could sign mm. off on 100% of everything in my personal opinion that they did. I just loved it. Um, and there was an awesome Vogue Weddings article about their wedding that goes into like a ton of detail, but they got married uh, at the very end of June in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, and everything was super intentional. They had incredible florals by florists called Bows and Arrows Florals, which I think is out of California. Um, I loved that they did, like we talked last time about the whole wedding weekend. They really had like a whole wedding weekend planned. And if you know Sophia Bush, she's kind of like um, prides herself on being like an activist. And so they chose Tulsa. I do think her her husband is from Oklahoma or Mm -hmm. somewhere. Um, But they chose Tulsa to highlight kind of like the history of activism there. Mm -hmm. um, And also just like raise awareness of the culture and, and just kind of bring people in to like to put some money and some tourism into that town for a weekend and so they um did like drinks at a like welcome drinks on a thursday night at a local restaurant and um on friday they had some local community leaders do a tour of downtown tulsa for their guests and just kind of teach them about tulsa's history mm-hmm. um and uh i think um that's really cool like yeah. you know to to just like i when i read it she talked about like not really realizing how much people would care about her engagement and once she got engaged and saw how it became such huge news it occurred to her like well then when my wedding's big news i want it to be drawing attention to something bigger than just me and i just think that's really cool i mean it's not everyone doesn't have that kind of pull. Right. But for her to be intentional like that was super cool. And then um, absolutely obsessed with their rehearsal dinner, which mm-hmm. she looks, I mean, she's one of the most like stunning people of all time. She's yeah. literally like, I think she's 40 now and she looks no different than she did at 18. Right. <laughs> um, and she had the most stunning, like she had this white, like I guess you'd call it almost like a cowboy hat and like gorgeous dress. And they did their rehearsal dinner. Um, at a Frank Lloyd Wright home, which I'm like, Zach and I are obsessed with Frank Lloyd Wright. And so that would just be like incredible to run out of home for a thing like that. And then their wedding was at uh, the Philbrook Museum. And it, I'm not familiar with the museum. It looks like it was an art museum, but the, the it was like an outside ceremony that also had kind of like a European like mm-hmm. Just stunning look. And then yeah. really, like, should we talk about the most important thing? The dress? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I I read, like, a, her describing her dress, I, like, maybe on Instagram or something. And my goodness, the intentionality and, like, the mm-hmm. thought. And, like, she drew. So it's a floral dress. It's, like, a peach, orange, greens um, on this, like, huge, like, just huge skirt with this huge train. And it just fit her perfectly of course and just looked amazing but it literally like she had oklahoma tea roses and then california poppies 
for like their home together in California, um, Italian olives. And like, yeah, they were engaged in Italy. Yeah. Um, they have bees. And so like as a couple, they're beekeepers. (laughs) And so they had imagery of their bees on the dress and they were among the flowers. That all sounds Um, crazy, but like it looks, it looks amazing. And it's not like big, like, so you wouldn't, as a whole, when you see a photo, you don't see all this detailing or realize. Um, and then, but like when you look closely, you see it all and it just looks amazing. It's stunning. It's gorgeous. I yeah. mean, and again, she's just a person who can, like, not everyone could pull it off. Right. But she just looked incredible. And they had, like, a very eclectic wedding party of, mm-hmm. you know, male and female friends on both sides. And everyone just looked great. It's just um, totally stunning. And they, they're, um, they're, they had a tented reception, but I've never seen a tent like that. Mm-hmm. It looked incredible. And then I actually listened to um, her her and Hillary Burton and Bethany Joy Lenz have a recap podcast of One Tree Hill called Drama Queens Podcast, which I love. And they talked about how like their play settings, they had a very specific napkin story. And it That's funny. <laughs> they she had hand embroidered napkins for every play setting that had like the bee imagery from her dress. And um I was just like, yes, somebody else with the napkins. Um, but, and they were talking about how everyone tried to steal the napkins. Um, that's funny. And they were like, literally like having to check people's like bags because, oh my gosh. and, and they're asking her on the podcast, like, she was like, listen, like I can hook you up. Like I, ha- I have the napkins. <laughs> um, that's but funny. I was like, yes, the napkins. Um, and they're friends with Jack Garrett. So of course they had like live music performed by friends of theirs and, they talked on the podcast about like them just like her curating the playlist over time yeah. and like um, it just sounded like such a fun time. And they had like an after party where she did switch into a different dress, which I didn't love as much. See, I actually liked it. Did you? Because it's like an after party. Yeah, but I just it's very like straight and like it's the kind of dress that you look at and I'm sure it had a slit or something in the back, but you know what? She had three dresses. Okay. You're talking about, she did have a reception, her reception dress is what I'm talking about. It just does not feel like a dancing dress to me. No, see, I, so I agree. I wonder, I thought it was beautiful, but I was like, you know, you only got to wear that. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think Like, she did say that her dress took up a lot of space, and, like, so she wanted something sleeker Mm -hmm. for dancing, but the dress she Mm -hmm. wore for the reception... How could you move in it, yeah. Well, right. It looks like the kind of dress that it's, like, you would have to waddle because you can't, (laughs) like, step far in it. Yeah. But I didn't realize she had a third one. Yeah, so the third one was, like, a mini dress that literally looks like she's a disco ball. Oh my goodness. But it is so cute. And she has like cowboy boots because they were in Oklahoma, like white cowboy boots. And I was like, I just thought it was so cute. And like, she said, they literally like danced till 5 a.m. And like, again, as a Wonder Hill person, they talked about um, Lee Norris, who plays Mouth, like it being like the best dancer ever. And like, he's just like the life of the party. And it just sounded like such a fun thing. And it's also one of those things where, um, it's actually super late when we're recording this and I'm about to get like very sentimental, <laughs> but I feel that like no matter what it is, there's nothing more magical than people have waited so long mm-hmm. 
for that kind of happiness. Mm-hmm. And I listened to her podcast and I'm like, this is like so for real. Like, so she was mar- married very briefly one time before to Chad Michael Murray when she was like 21. But other than that, she's been single and she's like 40, you know, her friends have been married and she's t- like, she's 40 now. And like, finally just like, it's so cute listening to her talk. Like, I'm so giddy to like say my husband like on her podcast and stuff and it's just like ugh, I'm so glad you had this magical wedding yeah to celebrate all like everything that you've been waiting for um so yeah I love that one yeah um but there and there are others that we won't get to talk about really just in in the interest of time but I feel like I should throw out that James Lafferty who played Nathan on One Tree Hill got married actually in May to Alexandra Park, who um, is a British actress who was in the show The Royals. Okay. Um, and they had a destination wedding in Oahu. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. My brain I is think so. <laughs> in Hawaii. <laughs> um, that looked so cute and um, mm. sweet. So we can throw up some pictures of that. They they only just like shared photos. <laughs> Um, like they're like real people who didn't get their photos for two months after their <laughs> being a C-list celebrity. <laughs> they didn't get a Vogue wedding spread like Sophia. Um, so that one was super cute, super fun. Um, another one I want to like do a little social talk about is Jody Sweeten mm-hmm. married her longtime boyfriend, um, Mezcal Wazalewski. I don't know if that's how you say his last <laughs> name. Um, who I've never heard of. I don't think he's like anyone. Like famous. famous. Um, and this was a backyard wedding in Malibu and super duper colorful. And I think this will be interesting to kind of see people's thoughts on our social media because we talked about colorful weddings on our last trends episode. And I was mm-hmm. like, I would love to see someone do a colorful wedding that I loved. And I'm going to be honest, <laughs> this wasn't it for me. Not a win for you. Yeah, I think her look is feels a little... Not her dress, but like her hair, her updo mm-hmm. and stuff, and her choker just isn't doing it for me. Um, and the, the bouquets and stuff are really colorful and really sweet. But I don't know. I just feel like, again, it goes back to that, like... I mean, she's not as big of like a celebrity as J-Lo, but she still, I'm sure, can afford whatever she wants for her wedding. <laughs> sure. And the whole thing just isn't yeah I don't know it's not like spectacular yeah I do I do have to say with this one and with Alexandra Daddario's wedding I love to see a couple where one or both people have kids and they include those kids in like a special way that's something sweet about her wedding but yeah it wasn't for me and the last one um is that very recently I think in the last week or two (laughs) <laughs> this is for you mom <laughs> Draymond Green of uh, the mm-hmm. Golden State Warriors mm-hmm. got married to his longtime girlfriend actress Hazel Renee and there are like no pictures out there yet so maybe we'll be able to do like a uh, <laughs> like a update on this at mm-hmm. some point but I really like just need to talk about how friggin' beautiful the Curry family is mm-hmm. because they're the most beautiful three siblings in the world. Mm-hmm. Seth, Steph, and Sadell Curry. Mm-hmm. I am obsessed with mm-hmm. all three of them. Mm-hmm. And they have the most beautiful partners in the world, Aisha, Callie, and Damian Lee, who I adore. Um, and so I saw a photo of the six of them mm-hmm. at this wedding and I was like, holy heck. Yeah. They're the most beautiful people, and I'm so sorry, Draymond Green and Hazel, but, like, this is... Upstaged. <laughs> and also, like, a picture of LeBron James and Draymond and Steph are yeah. all, like, posing together, and I'm like, 
it's just fun. It's like basketball royalty yeah. all together. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't, why doesn't Draymond Green get a Vogue wedding spread? I want to know what like basketball royalty. I'm sure if Steph Curry was getting married, it would have been like, there would have been stuff everywhere, but yeah. he's been married for a hundred years. So this is like the closest thing. Yeah. That we get. <laughs> yeah. Well, that wraps up our conversation on celebrity weddings. We will um, post some stuff in our Instagram stories so you guys can weigh in on your thoughts and opinions about these weddings as well. See if you agree with our love of certain ones and disdain, you perhaps, guys, for other choices. Like, lucky or unlucky because we recorded this super late at night and I feel like... <laughs> the I'm- filter has gone. <laughs> um, but just to kind of transition into our next segment we um last month had lauren on to answer um kind of a question give some advice so we're gonna welcome her on now and um we have a great conversation with her about um what you do when about plus ones whether you're the host or the guest okay so here she is the lady of the hour (laughs) it's the one the only lauren Hey, Lauren, how are you? Good. Wow, what an intro. Thank you. Thanks for joining us again. So as um, hopefully everyone remembers, Lauren is my cousin and also an altogether incredible advice giver. And so we're bringing her on monthly to answer your burning questions about all things planning-related, relationship advice, you know, she can be your guru, your, <laughs> your own. <laughs> she can be your everything. Um, so today we have kind of a fun set of questions that mm-hmm. weirdly I've had multiple conversations over the last couple weeks on this topic. And I was like, I think this rises to the level of Lauren and we need to ask her what we should do. <laughs> Um, so Lauren, let's dive into it. And then after the questions, we need to catch up a little bit on your life with everyone. Um, but let's get, let's take care of business first. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So here's what happened. I was talking to a friend and she was invited to a wedding of someone who, is like an old friend, but you know, like she's not really actively in like a friend group with the person now. Right. So she was invited to the wedding and the person was really excited. Like I really so excited for you to come and, you know, following up with her on her RSVP. But the issue was, you know, she didn't get a plus one and because she's not like in an active friend group, she doesn't know anyone (laughs) that's going to the wedding. It's not a relative. It's not like a group of friends will be there. Um, and so then in conversation with other people, it's like, I've, I've heard of the flip side of being, you know, someone planning a wedding and people come to you and they're like, can I bring so-and-so whether it's a plus one or a kid or something. So I don't know which question, I don't know, Betsy, which question should we tackle first? What to do if you're the one planning the wedding or what to do if you're the one who needs to bow out? Let's start with your friend situation. So if you are a guest and you weren't given a plus one on your invitation, but you don't want to go alone or like in that scenario where you don't know any of the other guests, so you really truly will be alone at the reception, 
what do you do? Do you bow out gracefully? Do you, is it acceptable to approach and ask, hey, is there any chance I can bring a plus one? What are your thoughts, Lauren? Yeah, well, like, first of all, advice that's not being asked for is that, like, if you're planning a wedding, like, no one wants to meet new people there. Like, no one wants to mingle with <laughs> your family members there. Like, I feel like a lot of people have it in their head, like, well, if I put them at the table with Uncle Joe, like, he's going to make her feel right at home. Like, it's not. He could be the best guy on earth. Yeah. No one wants to go. So, anyway, yeah, just, that's yeah. my unasked for advice. Like, no one wants to do that. <laughs> Everyone wants that to happen, but it's not going to happen. But in terms of, like, if you want, or if you're trying to decide should I go or not, like, I guess my first piece of advice would be, like, to really sit down with yourself and say, like, is it worth even going? Like, I would decide, like, if you really feel strongly about going before you even, like, bring up to the person if, can I bring a plus one? Because that is, like, a lot of hard decisions have to be made with the guest list, so they probably had a reason for, like, just inviting you. So it's, like, if you really don't want to, like, cause drama with someone that is, like, an old friend or whatever, especially if it's maybe, like, a friend from high school and you're just kind of, like, you know what, like, I don't even really need to be there. Like, it might be best to just bow out. But if you really feel like, oh, they feel strongly about me coming and I don't want to let them down, like, I feel like there's a few things you could do. Like, you know, if you do a ceremony and then there's a dinner and then there's kind of dancing, you could just try to, like, make it through the meal and then kind of bow out quickly because at least, like, the ceremony, there's you're not, like, talking to people and then, like, the dinner, you can kind of just eat quickly and then try to go just to say, like, oh, I showed up, but I didn't have to, like, sit there for hours. Um, and then I just, I, you could try and ask about who you're sitting with if there's a chance maybe there are people that you know there, just message them, like, hey, like, you know, I, I'm not trying to, like, take up your time, but I was just wondering if you knew who I was sitting with yet because I feel like you know, like, I don't know anyone that's going to be there. Like, just try to be transparent. Like, you don't have to be like, yeah. tell me what I'm sitting with because I'm worried about this. But if, like, all of that doesn't work, I just always think being transparent, like, is going to make everyone feel the best in a situation. And if you're, like, at the point where it's, like, I would not enjoy myself if I went without a plus one, I would just, like, message them and say, like, hey, like, I totally understand, but I think I'm – I'm not going to be able to make it. I would love to like get lunch with you sometime. I think always like reaching out with that, like other plan of like, I really do care about our relationship and I want to do something with you. It's just like an uncomfortable situation for me in this realm is like a nice way to be like it really, like I really appreciate us and the invitation, but it's just not going to work for me that night. Sometimes you could just say like, <laughs> I can't go. Like you don't have to give them, all of the reasons why you can't go. You just say, can't go, would love to get lunch with you sometime. Like, that's it. (laughs) You know, obviously we've already had all the conversations about like, can I bring a plus one? And they say no, and you go back and forth. They'll probably know like why you're not coming. But I still think reaching out with that little like, thanks for the invite. Would love to do something sometime. You know, so generally that's my advice. Just really think about if you want to go or not. And then try to be just transparent as possible. And Yeah, I actually wouldn't have thought of what you said about, like, instead of reaching out with a direct, like, hey, can I bring someone, reaching out with, like, hey, who, like, I'm just wondering who's going to be at my table or whatever, so that you're kind of, you're not asking for something, but it might plant the idea that, like, 
oh, this might be an uncomfortable <laughs> situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Either maybe I'll offer if I can, or if the person doesn't come back with the offer, then you kind of know that there isn't wiggle room there. Or like, right. <laughs> I wouldn't have even thought of this at the time, but thinking back to our wedding, we were sort of conscious about like, you know, inviting people that would know other people. And if there was somebody that like we're friends with, but it would just be an uncomfortable situation for them anyway. And I don't want them to feel like they need to like send a gift or whatever. Like then maybe it's just not a situation where they need to be put in that, that pressure put on them. But I can think of one person specifically, and I I wouldn't have thought of it until right now of being sort of like this, um, which is a really good friend of Zach's who, um, is like, he's like, we refer to him as the mayor, Zach and I, because like, he's comfortable in every situation and he'll talk to anyone. And we were like, we'll put him at a table. And like, at the time he was single and, um, we weren't really offering plus ones to people where we didn't know their partner just because it was the nature of the size of our wedding and honestly, like what we could afford. Um, and so I don't remember if we offered him one or not, but he, he was going to be coming alone and traveling from out of town. So he actually asked us a couple weeks ahead of time if anyone else was coming from the same city as him so he could travel with them. And that is another way, I wouldn't have thought of it that way, of sort of checking to see, do I know anyone? And because he's the mayor, he actually didn't know like our other friends from New York that were traveling in, but he talked to them and traveled down with them and that's how he got to know them. And then he sat with them and spent the weekend with them. But, you know... There are ways to kind of like not say, hey, can I have a plus one, but to find out, you know, who else might be around. Yeah, I think too, like there's a lot of different aspects to this conundrum because like I've heard stories of people who are like uh, the mayor, but they do have connections with other people at the wedding, but they've been put in the spot of like almost like table host, you know, Mm -hmm. like they've been seated with a group of people who they don't know and that maybe just are kind of like, a mishmash of people that aren't connected to anyone else almost with the like intent of like oh you're good at carrying on a conversation and you can make this table fun and that's not really fair to your guests like that's not Mm -hmm. what they're there to do they're there to celebrate you right so that's like one aspect I think too like I've been in the situation when AJ and I had first started dating where we I was invited to a wedding and wasn't given a plus one and I shouldn't even say we were first dating like we were we had been together for over a year at this point and one of my other friends was in the same boat. She, and I think she might've even been engaged at that point. And we kind of were just told like, oh, nobody's getting plus ones unless they're married, which was fair. And then we got to the wedding and that wasn't the case. And so it really was very like hurtful to be like, okay, well, we're in serious relationships, like both headed towards marriage. Um, and now we are married to those, <laughs> those men that we were to, with at the time. Um, and like, we weren't allowed to bring them and it wasn't like a blanket rule for the whole wedding. Like other people had their boyfriends or girlfriends with them. So that was just like off-putting too. Not to be like pretentious and like, oh, I should have had the plus one. But if I almost like for us, we tried to make, if we were making those decisions, we were trying to make them uniform, like across right. the board. Like, I mean, well, that sort of transitions into the question about mm-hmm. how you decide as a, yeah. Yeah. because you're situated, it, it's ideal to, you can come out the gate thinking when you're planning a wedding, um, like, 
all right, we're going to make this hard and fast rule. This is how we're setting up our invitations. Mm-hmm. No one's getting a plus one. In, and our thing was sort of like, unless we've met their partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because like you said, nobody wants to be meeting someone new at a wedding. You also don't want to be meeting someone new at your own wedding, in my own <laughs> personal opinion. Yeah. Especially if you're like an introverted person. Um, so, like, ideally, you, you have hard and fast rule in your head. Right. But what if someone comes to you as a right. guest? And a lot of times it's one week, two weeks before the wedding. And it's like, hey, I can't, you know, I have this new girlfriend. Can I bring them? Or, hey, I can't get um, childcare. Can I bring my six-year-old? Or, you know, my husband can't come, but can I bring my eight-year-old instead? Or those types of situations that come up. So even if you have a hard and fast rule in your mind, it doesn't always. Right. Well, and... In my own experience, like, even if you have a hard and fast rule, people will still, without even asking, sometimes just bring whoever. <laughs> Especially when it comes to kids. Like, we had a pretty hard and fast, like, no kid rule. Just because our guest list was, like, already at that top number that we could mm. fit in the in our space. And so, and we didn't really have, like, a lot of people with young kids. But there were still multiple babies at our wedding. It was fine. I don't have like any hard feelings about it at all, but it was like, whatever. But, and that's a hard situation for people too, to be in like, if they're traveling and stuff. You know, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Like people get babysitters every day. Yeah. But if you're like traveling from out of town and you don't know anybody in the area, that's trickier, I think as a mom. I mean, sure. Uh, (laughs) Well, let's go to Lauren. What, What are your thoughts? Well, I think, too, Amanda, you bring up a point that I was going to mention, too, about the plus one thing is that, like, also maybe take a minute and be like, does the plus one I want to bring, like, want to go? Like, they don't know these people. That I, I recently right. was at a wedding that I had met the person once before the wedding, and I kept making jokes like, oh, glad you got married. It's nice to meet you for the second time ever on the most important day of your life, like, so, I mean, there is an element of, like, how much fun is your plus one even going to, like, have if they're there? I mean, like, yeah. some people are into that, some people aren't. But, like, that's just another consideration. Like, maybe even though I want them there, it would be weird for them to be there. But, yeah, like, in terms of if people are asking you about if they can bring plus one or kids, I think, like you guys were saying, the biggest thing is, like, having a boundary and absolutely not making exceptions at least like before the actual day of I mean if someone brings in the day it (laughs) kids or whatever like if they bring them the day of you can't like there's not as much you can do but beforehand there just can't be any like oh you know you gotta set that boundary I mean I think that's my biggest thing in life is like boundaries and when you're even going into wedding planning I think you and your partner should sit down and say like, what boundaries do we have here? Not even about like, are we inviting plus ones? Are we like, it's like, how involved are your parents going to be in these decisions? How involved are my parents going to be in these decisions? Are we letting them talk to people at all? Or are we the only ones communicating with guests? Like all of these boundaries should be set up from the beginning so that no one's feelings are hurt later. Like with Betsy's situation, like you can't just like, it could have been a situation where they did have a boundary about plus ones, but then someone messaged like, 
I just can't come. I'll be so upset if they can't. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, they're, I should let them come. And then once one domino falls, they just, they keep going. So it's like setting, having a, almost a planning meeting, like yeah. from the beginning, what are the boundaries we need for this whole process to go well? And like, even like role playing, like, okay, your first cousin is coming to you. Like, can I bring my six-year-old kid? just practice saying no, like just no. And I think <laughs> when you're explaining to other people, I, something that I feel like always really helps me with boundaries is like boundaries are for you and not for the other person. I think that's where it gets really hard because it feels, it obviously involves someone else, but you have to explain it in the sense of like, you know, me, my fiance and I sat down and we really just, we thought about it and kids are not what we want at the day of it's not anything about you guys you know but that is a hard and fast rule I hope you can come but if you can't come because of this like we understand and again like let's get lunch sometime with your kids if you need to but like I think it's all about like not like not giving in and then also just really establishing this is what we decided long ago about this and yeah again like don't give in because it's then it's like those people yeah. the day of get so hurt. And then like the whole day is just kind of like weird. Like, oh, well, yeah. why they have no? And then, I mean, you remember that stuff. It's not like you hold it against them, but you do feel like, okay, like <laughs> you feel yeah, away. Right. And I, I have to kind of side with a man on the whole kids thing. Like, I mean, get over it. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> There's babysitters. Like, I know that you think that your kid is the cutest kid ever and everyone will enjoy their presence, but that is only true of Betsy's kids. Like that is actually. (laughs) Okay. Just to be clear, I am not advocating. I had, I attempted to have a kid free wedding. I am not advocating for allowing kids at weddings. I am saying that if you are asking people or if people are traveling to your wedding. Yeah. I think then it's their choice to not come. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think I was just trying to say like, I, on like the host side, like I do realize that if people are having travel from out of town and like perhaps get a hotel room and they don't know a trustworthy baby, like I would have a problem going to Maine for a wedding and being like, I don't know anybody in this Listen, area. I will Where come am I with gonna you. Be? I will babysit your kids Perfect. during the wedding and then you have fun. <laughs> no, but no, I get what you're saying. But I, I think for me, the issue about kids at a wedding and why I didn't have kids really at my wedding except for literally... I said a baby under one, one and under, fine, if right. that's what you need to do. Um, and my one niece at the time, I didn't have any other nieces or nephews, um, was actually because of cost. I think it's just mm-hmm. too expensive these days. And the issue is exactly what Lauren said because once because there is never just one person asking. Yeah. So if right. if you say yes to the one and not the other, um, that can be more hurtful. And so I feel like it's beholden on the person asking for the plus one or asking for their kids to come to just make the choice that whether it's because I'm not comfortable with the childcare situation or I'm not comfortable going by myself, by myself, you know, maybe there's a respectful way to ask once or just clarify what the rule is. And yeah. if it's a no, then, then it's... It's up to you to just respect it. Absolutely. And I think too, I was, you know, thinking about this with the first question about plus ones, like there are ways to celebrate someone's wedding without being there for the entire thing. And so like if you and your spouse 
are traveling out of town for a wedding and you know you don't feel comfortable finding childcare where your wedding is for your children or whatever like perhaps the one that's like closer to the couple just attends the ceremony and mm-hmm. just celebrates that way or if you're a, somebody who's invited solo um, and it's a local wedding like you could just go to the ceremony and then just skip out right. at the reception like note that on your yeah. RSVP let them know like I'd love to celebrate your actual marriage with you and then but I'm not going to be able to attend yeah the the reception and that's perfectly acceptable too in a way that you don't have to be in the uncomfortable space of like he I have to sit through a whole reception and I don't know a single right. person here kind yeah of yeah no I mean I feel like for sure no way are I don't have kids, but no way would I even entrust, you know, my niece or nephews with people that like we've never met. Right. But it's also possible maybe there's a scenario where, um, you, you know, the bride or, or bride and groom have like a, if you have a close enough relationship and you trust them to recommend someone right. to watch your kids for that solution, maybe yeah that works. Um, yeah. But. You know, that's obviously a person-to-person basis. But, yeah, I actually – I do like kids, like, being at weddings where kids are there, especially when they're, like, my nieces or nephews. Yeah, yeah But exactly. um, it's just – for me, it was just, like, it's it's too, it's just too expensive of, right. of a plate for that, honestly. Um, and just one last thing on this point so we don't belabor it to death from my side. It's also, like, important if you're planning a wedding right now and – or thinking about like a no kids type of role to set an age for that off the bat mm. because yeah. we had came into questions of like well all right so I get it you don't want to you know pay for a three-year-old but what about this 14 year old you know boy that is a cousin or a second cousin or whatever and while it's like it was a hard decision it's like well we love those people um but it's just, it's just too expensive for a 14-year-old boy who probably is going to want to actually be at home playing video games, you know? Mm. And so we had set the rule at, like, eight under 18 constitutes a kid, and over one-year-old, like, you're also <laughs> out of the mm-hmm. picture. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, I agree with Lauren's overall point, which is that it's really about setting the conversation ahead of time and then sticking to it. And then Mm -hmm. there will be people who just like show up or just like RSVP Mm -hmm. that they're bringing someone that wasn't on the Mm -hmm. invite, but then whatever you move on and And then you cut them out of your life. It's not a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if enough people ask you like to, you could go the total opposite route and be like, you know what? Now I'm I'm having an only kids wedding. And you're no longer. <laughs> Please drop your children off. <laughs> pick them up. Yeah. It's, it's really like, it, it gets to be so much harder than what you, th- what you expect when you For sure. get engaged. You're like, oh, yay. And then you start talking about these types of issues and people's feelings get hurt. I was going to say, it's very polarizing. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we I had mean- people that didn't come because their kids weren't invited or people that, and it was like... It's really just about that if we say yes to you, then it's actually 10 other people we have to say yes to. And that's a thousand dollars. Right. Right. So. Right. And a lot of times venues don't care about the age of somebody. Like they still count towards your guest count. Right. In fact, they're probably more likely to be destructive. Well, right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
but like when you're pu- when you're pushing you know the limit on numbers that you can fit in a venue right. and stuff like that's really what it was for us was like we can put we can fit like 200 people in this yeah. venue and we were right. already there so yeah i mean that's all based on like fire code and they yeah. i mean they're gonna count an infant right. as a body right. so yeah yeah well, thanks so much for your sage advice, Lauren. <laughs> um, You're like Amanda mentioned, we wanted to take a few minutes before we let you go to just catch up on your life because you just had an exciting trip. Um, and we kind of recapped our own recent travels at the beginning of this episode and yours kind of mirror ours. So tell us a little bit about where you just were. Yeah. So I have been to Disney World with my family quite a few times, so we finally decided, like, we should go to Disneyland, since it was, like, the original and Walt's Vision and all that, whatever, but (laughs) we wanted to see, like, the OG park and stuff, so we decided to go to Disneyland for, well, we went to California for a week, and we went to Disneyland for three days, and then, like, other parts of, like, the LA area for the other three days. Um, Yeah, so it was really interesting to see the differences and stuff between Disneyland and Disney World. And it was cool to see California generally, but, you know, should I just, like, jump into some of the planning and stuff, or did you have, like, specific... Yeah, tell us tell us about, a little bit about the planning at, you know, Disneyland. I mean, obviously, we'd love to hear about <laughs> every part of the trip, but since yeah. we're Disney crazy, like, <laughs> tell us a little bit about how you navigated the Disneyland parks and and any quick tips and advice you would give for planning a Disneyland trip? Yeah. um, So I feel like looking at like different things that you usually plan about Disney World, like in terms of where to stay, again, like I would just preface this, like I've been there once for three days. Like I, maybe I am wrong about some things. Like, I don't know, but in terms of like where you're staying to us, it seems like it would not have been worth it at all to like, stay in a resort hotel at Disneyland because they were very expensive and like aren't really they don't seem to be like as resorty I guess as like Disney World is like mm-hmm. it's just kind of a hotel um yeah. and they just don't have the like right s- space on, either yeah exactly on top of that we stayed in an Airbnb that was within walking distance of the entrance like maybe 15 minutes and I, I'm more suggesting it because that to me was just such a better idea because you saved so much money. It was like more space probably than you would have gotten. And it was still walkable. Like you didn't have to worry about mm-hmm. driving there or anything. So that would be like my tip in terms of staying. Like I wouldn't get too caught up in like staying at one of the three hotels mm-hmm. I have there. And even the hotels around that aren't Disney hotels are like expensive like in terms of how expensive hotels usually are but I just feel like if you have the choice of an Airbnb it's usually like worth the cost Mm -hmm. like because you just have more room it's just easier um yeah so then and I'm I mean we stayed at one I'm sure there's a million like Airbnbs right there I would imagine that are like (laughs) walking distance um and it was like a good area so it wasn't like weird to walk or anything um in terms of like how long I think like we, we were there for three days. I think three days is more than enough. I think if you really, like, want to make sure you can just enjoy it and, like, have fun, I would go for three days. I think you could probably do it in two easily. And if you really just wanted to hit the big things, you could even just go for a day um, and hit most of it. But if you're, like, a real big Disney person and you want to try to get on, like, everything and see every attraction, I would go for maybe, like, three-ish. Um, and I would definitely get 
um, park hoppers for Disneyland because unlike Disney World, like when you walk out of one park, you just can walk five minutes and get into the mm-hmm. other park. So you always want to have the park hoppers, even if you plan to stay sort of in one the whole day. Like, I was so glad we thought about not doing that. We thought about just getting the park hopper the last day. And we were like, so glad we didn't because we were just like hopping back and forth almost like every day. Cause there was just like, it was like, why wouldn't we when they're that close? It was almost just like one park. Um, so yeah, in terms of like the tickets, I would just say like two to three days and like park hoppers. Definitely. In terms of like the whole Genie Plus situation, I hardly know what's going on with that <laughs> as, a, as a total. But like, I think it was helpful. Like we didn't buy it originally. And then my sister went before we did just like randomly for a day. And she said we should get it. And I think she was right in the sense that it made our day a lot easier. Um, like we got on everything without any stress. But it seems like if you go in the mornings at Disneyland, like you can almost get on everything you want to get on before like 11. Like it just was like not busy until like late afternoon there. I don't know if that's like Was it a weekend when you were there? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And the Sunday was like the most like that. Like it was like no one in the morning. And then every day it would be like no one in the morning. And then all of a sudden like everyone would be there. Um, I think it's like very much a locals park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, I just don't think people are like, it's not the Disney World vibe of like, we have to like, get there right. when it opens like, to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Rope drop is not a thing in Disneyland. Uh, yes, exactly. I If you're like, if you want to go and just try to get on a bunch of stuff, I would just go right when they open and like, you might not need Genie Plus. If you like, like the ease of like knowing you could get fast passes for everything, like I would do it. But I really wouldn't buy the lane for like, there's some rides that you have to pay even more than genie plus Mm -hmm. to get on Mm -hmm. individual lightning lanes yes i would not do that at disneyland because the wait times just generally there are not the same like like just as an example in disney world i feel like something like flight of passage like when it opens it hits like 120 it's gonna like stay at 120 ish all day like it's not like after the first hour goes like 10 minutes in disneyland it was like all over the place like i felt like even the biggest rides that you could get those individual lanes for, like, you know, like web slingers as an example, like sometimes it would have like a 40 minute wait. And it also had a single rider Mm -hmm. line. And it's like, Mm -hmm. especially with radiator Springs, which was a great ride, by the way. Um, Like that we use single rider every time we went on that, that was the only ride that really to me consistently had a really long wait. But at the end of the day, like you don't really talk like during that ride anyway. Just go single rider. I, Mm-hmm. To me, it's not mm-hmm. at all worth it to pay twenty extra dollars per person to get on that ride. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I I think just generally, like, you don't need to be. It's not as intense as Disney World. Like, you're like, we need to get to this ride as soon as it opens, or the yeah. whole day it's going to be at a three-hour right. wait. Like, just didn't seem like that. Um, I think that also too is a little bit because they just kept temporarily closing. I don't know what that was about. I think it's actually because of like celebrities hmm. coming. Like, they have to close the ride down if celebrities on it. We saw a guy from What We Do in the Shadows while we were there, by the way. Oh, um, <laughs> he was there. And he confirmed it on his social, so we knew it was him. Um, but, like, I, I don't <laughs> think there was, there's so many people there that they have to shut the ride down for it. Like, at one, like, if you go on the app, it would be, like, five to ten rides at a time that said temporarily closed. So I was like, 
it didn't seem like it was just a tech issue because it would also be like really randomized that had like no tech involved so I don't know that's just something like no if you go (laughs) it does not mean they're going to be closed all day I feel like once that pops up on something on Disney World it's like probably going to be like the rest of the day yeah this was like maybe an hour and then it was open again I just think someone went on it and they had to like get them out (laughs) interesting so overall, good trip. Would you go back? Oh, 100%. I thought it was so cute. Everyone acted like when you get there, it was so small and you'd like just like walk it in five minutes and do everything. I didn't feel that way at all. I mean, like it was mm-hmm. obviously literally smaller, but like when you're there, it just feels like you're in Magic Kingdom or something. It's not like, oh, I did everything in 10 seconds. Like there's right. more attractions there than Disney World from what I've heard but like so you do have a lot to do <laughs> I would definitely yeah that. Oh, well that sounds like a great trip I've only been to Disneyland I haven't been to um, California Adventure but loved California it Adventure. is like so very cool. fun to see the original and everything well yeah I I like California Adventure but I'm really appalled by what they did to the Tower of Terror there and I just <laughs> I just have to get that out into the universe <laughs> I know you're not a Tower of Terror person, Lauren, no, anyway, but, um, but what they did was appalling, so I just, <laughs> everyone should know that. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Lauren. Um, we really enjoy having you on to these conversations, and I think... I enjoyed being on. Good. Well, we will definitely have you back next month, <laughs> yeah. um, and we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to chat with us. Yeah, and if anyone of else course. has any burning questions for Lauren... <laughs> Let us know. All right. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you. (laughs) All right, so Amanda, um, to finish out today, do you want to talk about what we're planning for September? Yeah, so I can go first. Um, I actually, I was thinking about talking about, I have a bunch of like birthdays and stuff that come up in the fall, but... I actually want to talk about um, that what I'm planning is my revenge against United Airlines. (laughs) Because if anyone listened last month when we talked, you know the whole saga that happened with our canceled flights to Montreal. Mm -hmm. And we did not go to Montreal because we could not get on any other flights that weekend. Right. And I don't even think I told you this in real life yet. Maybe I did. But... um, Oh, I think Zach told me this. Okay. Yeah. So we get our money back from Mm -hmm. United and I start adding, I got like two different transactions from them and I look and I'm like, this is half the money. Like this totals half the money that we paid for two round trip flights. And I'm like, something's funky here. So we do a little digging, make sure we have all of our ducks in a row and we give United a call, which of course, again, was another couple days of hours and hours on the phone getting passed off to oh yeah we'll we'll put you you know to someone in that department line disconnects I mean all kinds of stuff like this um and finally someone tells me um oh yeah well we didn't refund the return flights from Montreal to DC because you used those tickets (laughs) I'm like excuse me what I didn't get to Montreal, therefore I didn't fly back. Like that doesn't make any sense. And when we, when the flight was canceled, we spoke. We spent four hours on the phone. We spoke to supposedly a manager who told right. us everything was being refunded. 
Um, and so we are still, you know, waiting to get United to give our money back. I don't even know if I call if I said what airline it was the last time, but now I'm telling you, it was United Airlines, and everything about their customer service was, has been terrible. But my tip to everyone out there would be what we have had to do is call our credit card company because we paid through our credit card and told them that we're disputing the transaction. Hmm. And at that point, our credit card company uh, has... they Their attorneys, their professionals will deal with United directly and get to the bottom of it. And that's something that you're paying for when you pay a credit card company yeah. every month. Um, and so it's a service that we're using and I think we you know <laughs> I think we are getting somewhere at this point but yeah so that's what I'm planning this month I'm yeah. planning to get my money back from United Airlines and we're still hoping to make that trip to Montreal um but it definitely won't be flying United yeah my gosh that is just like <laughs> the craziest story it's wild it is it's so ridiculous. Like the logic. Oh, you didn't, you, first of all, you used the return flight. No. I literally, I like, literally what? was like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? <laughs> because I, I was like, I had to have heard that wrong. Yeah. Like I did not use the return flight actually. I wasn't on it because you canceled the flight to get there. <laughs> oh my gosh. So anyway, what are you planning? Uh, well, September is a big month in our family. Um, AJ and I both have birthdays right at the beginning of the month. Um, and actually our anniversary is the end of August. So we kind of like typically wrap things into mm -hmm. one, one little group celebration for us at least. So, but this year is a big birthday for AJ. And so he, we threw around some ideas. He's just not the kind of person who likes to be surprised or anything like that. So we decided not to do any sort of big party. And eventually I just talked to him and said like, hey, what would you like? And he just wants like a really chill backyard barbecue kind of thing. But I figured if, I won't surprise him with the actual party, but we can surprise him with like some sort of theme for it. So um, that is what I am planning. That's all that we can say. Because yeah, because he he's our, one of our editors. So <laughs> he's not getting any more details than that. Um, but he is definitely, um, someone who's kind of difficult to plan for just because, you know, he likes to just, he's pretty chill and that you would think that would make it easier, but he's just very like laid back and like, he doesn't want a lot of like fanfare and stuff. So when I turned 30, he did like a whole surprise party for me. This is his 30th birthday and he just wants to like grill steaks and have a bonfire in the backyard. So that's what we're doing. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll check my calendar. See if I'm available. <laughs> See if, you, if you're available. <laughs> um, I did want to just end the episode by saying and saying in the future that we do produce our own podcast, Betsy and I, and mm -hmm. it's edited by um, my husband, Zachary Fitcambria. And the audio engineering is done by your husband, AJ Fick. Mm -hmm. And the intro and outro music is actually also written by my husband, Zach Fickambria. And it's uh, a piece called Thistle and Bloom, which was written for our wedding. Yes. 
Yeah. So we just a big thanks to both of our husbands for putting in time each and every week to produce and edit our podcast episodes and make us sound great because they really care about (laughs) what we sound like and what the final product sounds like. And it, I think it shows. So they make, they are the magic makers. (laughs) Um, all right. Well that wraps up our conversation, our August AB conversation. So thanks for joining us today. Um, and we will see you next week. That's a long one. <laughs> well, yeah. They'll, we'll figure it out. We'll cut stuff for sure. Yeah.